Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. That right there is as good as it's getting today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's all downhill from here. You have been warned. Hi, I'm Michael. Hi. Cameron. And we have gathered together this week to tell you that the eye of the beholder should still have standards. Yes. <laughs> you yes. like you, the look I get like, wait a minute, what do you mean by that? Oh, just you wait. This is this is gonna get this is gonna go from pop culture oh, no. to um. sort of governmental culture okay. to culture culture at large. Oh, and it's no. going to do it quickly. So okay. just a reminder, this is your uh, week in review. Some of these Ooh. stories are from this week. Some of these stories are from last week. We have our resident hermit Hi. with us, Cameron. That's me. I'm here. We have undone the shackles, and I have let her out of the kitchen and found her shoes. So yes. that <laughs> and they're warm, though. <laughs> so that she can come and talk to you guys. Uh, you know, I probably shouldn't make that joke, because there's probably people out there like, those Christians, I knew it. Uh -huh. I knew it. Barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Ain't allowed out of the kitchen. Don't you let her out. <laughs> that's, that, that's how they... You're only happy. Yeah. There you go. So No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not completely a joke. Yeah, this is, it is completely a this joke. This is fun because I I know um, you may have seen one of these, but I don't remember you mentioning it. So, okay. But I know you haven't seen this first one. All right. This is where it gets fun. And you said this is cultural? Or? This is pop culture. Pop culture. But okay. it, it has tentacles. You have to remember pop no, culture you'll for know me. This I'm reference. in the middle of nowhere. You, you know the person and you will know the pop culture reference we're going to talk about. All right. All right. From the land of the Twitters. Okay. Such a marvelous twit. Nigel has run himself over. Monty Python, yes, the best in the world. <laughs> yes, not those twits. Okay, but the uh, the <laughs> internet the, fun ones. <laughs> the internet twits run by the benevolent dictator of conversation, Jack. On okay. the Twitterverse this past week, a miniature controversy broke out. Ooh. because someone had the audacity, Ooh. the the sheer and utter audacity, uh -huh. to say. That he can't for the life of him, and I don't even know who this guy is. I don't care. Okay. Uh, he couldn't understand for the life of him how anyone could enjoy the movie Master and Commander. Because every time he watches it, he falls asleep 15 minutes in. <laughs> I see that face because you and I have watched this movie. We have? Yes. <laughs> I'm going yes, with his Master yes, and Commander. Have. Oh, no. Yes, you've seen this remember. one. Okay. You'll remember as remember. I describe it to you. Okay. Master and Commander is the movie about British sailing ships around South America starring Russell Crowe. All right, so far I'm only remembering Christ, Master Christian. Um, no, that's uh, Mutiny on the Bounty. Yeah, I remember Mutiny on Wasn't the Bounty. Was that Mel Gibson? No, I watched that? the black and white one. No, 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 no. I like the original one, or at least the black no, and Master white one. Master and Commander was Russell so, Crowe as the British ship commander, and they're sailing around trying to do battle with the French. Okay. And it's an entire movie of them, them sailing around. The guy, uh, Paul Bettany, who later plays Vision in the Marvel movies, uh -huh. he is the ship's doctor, and he's making drawings and observations on the Galapagos Islands and okay. all of that stuff. So, See, I, you have seen this movie because I have seen this movie, and you had the same take on this movie that I did, which is like, I want my two hours back. Okay, I mean, that's why I don't remember yeah. it. Because <laughs> so, I'm going, it has so not stick Russell Crowe in that yeah. outfit, I can picture, but beyond yeah. that, no. I agree with the random dude on Twitter. Okay. The movie is insanely dull. Okay. And, and that's my opinion. You, some people love it, and that's fine. Sure. Now, the reason this became a miniature controversy is because Russell Crowe saw the tweet. 
All right, so what did, what was the tweet again? The tweet was, I don't know how anybody can enjoy this movie. Every time I watch it, I fall asleep in the first 15 minutes. Okay, well, it's just a relaxing movie. I no, mean, it's not even it's... relaxing. It's boring. It's well, boring. Everybody no, needs a good nap. Naps are relaxing. Everybody Sunday needs a nap. Sunday afternoon drives in the country are relaxing. <laughs> afternoon tea is relaxing. This movie is boring. I, I will die on this hill. It's boring. And yeah. there are people that I like and respect who love this film, think it's My tremendous. daddy's probably one who would love it. He probably would. He likes those type of movies. It, it's, it's incredibly dull. But, so okay. Anyway, Russell so, Crowe saw it and, and made a comment. And what did he say? See, this is the problem with the current generation. They don't have any attention spans. That's what he said? Yes. Two and a half hours. This is the same generation. I don't think it's two and a half hours. The movie might be an hour and a half long for a like But this is the same generation who watched Castaway, where there was like half of it had no words. It was just one dude talking. Didn't even talk to Wilson. He just made Wilson, and then he was there, and that was it. Well, he lost Wilson later on. Yeah, how good was he? No wonder he was stranded. He lo- he lost his only friend that he made himself. Well, it was a volleyball. I know, it was still a volleyball. But <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if there was ever like a the reason this becomes no. important is because okay. I think two things can be true and yet be unrelated. Yes, I agree. So for starting point, uh-huh. there are people who think this movie is phenomenal. Okay. God bless you. There are people Have who fun. love Castaway, too. There are people who, like me who think this movie is the dregs of society and everyone involved in it should be sacked. Oh, And you okay, know what? Yeah. That's okay, too. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. It's an but opinion. But it does bring up an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Is human attention span too short? Is it too yes. short? Yes. Are atten- are, is the modern attention span too short? Yes. I would say yes. yes. Is that the reason I don't like Master and Commander? No, probably not. I can sit down and read. I yeah. can watch a movie. I can enjoy the ballet. I can listen to Mozart. Yeah, attention span has nothing to do with that. I just think Master and Commander is insanely boring. The okay. story takes forever to go anywhere. It's a mindless tale, and I don't like it. Okay. Here's Makes the sense. beauty of art. All right. I'm entitled to that opinion. Yes, you are. Because art, because that was the other Russell Crowe's other complaint, was that it's a majestic piece of filmmaking. It's beautiful yeah, and amazing. Beauty is in the eye of and the beholder. It, see, there it is. When you come to art, why are you observing it and why are you taking it in? Because that will affect yes. how you judge it. Exactly. If, one, if you're not a movie person at all, which I'm not a very big movie but person. Neither am I. Therefore, if watching a movie, it'd be a really good movie, it's got to have a lot of stuff that I like. I can honestly sit and watch, and yes, I do this, eight hours of birds on YouTube eating out of a bird feeder and watching the She's squirrels. Not kidding, I folks. do this. This is what I put on for TV and as I'm folding laundry, I can sit here and watch squirrels. I go deer hunting. I can sit in the field. You like getting out there at five o'clock or four forty five, five four thirty, whatever, and hunting season's over with by five thirty because it's too dark to shoot. Mm-hmm. I like getting out there about two thirty and sitting for two hours with nothing going on, just listening to the birds, the breeze. That's what I like. That's what I enjoy. So the woods all day long is beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who... Even you complain about this movie. Even, yeah. But there are some people who 10 minutes, who just 10 minutes, like, it's just not, it's to each his own is type of thing. It's not sinful. So therefore, to each his own. But attention span is not the right word for this. My son has an attention span. He can watch an Indy, Indy car or in NASCAR race, Indy, he is looking forward to the NASCAR, the 500, Daytona 500 coming up on Valentine's Day, February 14th. He is looking forward to it. I watched 42 laps and got sick because I got really dizzy because I started watching and following my eyes. I can't do it. But I can sit and watch squirrels 
and birds fight over peanuts and acorns and mess for eight hours with no sound but bird sounds and squirrel chitters had our sounds for no problem. It's not boring at all. It's to each his own. This really so yeah, attention span is not this exactly is, the right thing. This is why this becomes important. Okay. Because in a Christian worldview, I think we can answer this. Mm-hmm. But if you remove the Christian worldview, why does Russell Crowe care what somebody thinks about his movie? Because in the Christian worldview, no, you, no, no. without the Christian oh, worldview, without it, why does Russell Crowe care what anybody thinks of his movie? Because it's what he made, and he's the end all, be all in his world. And if you don't like something of his world, that is a detriment to him. So if I don't appreciate the art that he has made, is he is he better than I am? In his world, yes. See, this or is- or no, depending on how he views it. But yeah, if you have a if you have a disagreement with any individual about something that they feel that they've done in their opinion, if they don't have personal pride in it, that's one thing. But if they do it and that's and they don't they get offended or upset that you don't like something they've done, then sorry. Yeah. See, here's the difference. I can I can look at, and this is where a Christian worldview matters and how you approach things and why you approach things. Because mm-hmm. I can look at this film and say. I thought this was boring. But at the same time, I can admit that the story was faithful to the, mm-hmm, the, to the source material, yeah. the, the books it borrowed from. Yeah. Not as well as the fans of the books would like, but cinema cinema is what they do. Uh-huh. It was beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. The battle scenes were realistic. The fighting at sea, the boarding of each other's vessels was well done. The, um, the surgery, the, the science. The details. Yes, they were all spectacularly yeah. done. It was just dull. Yeah. And art for the sake of art is not art. art. No. Christian, ask yourself this question all the time. What is the purpose of art? To reflect the creator. And to, to glorify God. Yeah, to glorify God. Because God The other is question beautiful. becomes, what is the purpose of the medium? And the reason why I bring this up is because this is the divide you'll see every year around award season. Oh. Go just for fun. Yeah. If you are not a movie person. You know, like you, you like a handful of movies a year. You don't go to a, if you don't go to the movie theater twice a week type of thing, you don't know everything that, you know, some random French guy is making this year. If you're not one of those people, go have some fun and look up the Academy Award nominees and winners and challenge yourself as to how many of those movies you've actually seen. Much less heard. And how many you've actually seen because you, and not because you just felt like you needed to watch it because it won or was nominated for an Academy Award. I haven't even heard half of them. Most of them, no, like going. The list is these people made this movie. What's it about? There's two standards in Hollywood. There's yes. the movies they make for the audiences, and then there's the movies they make for each other. Mm-hmm. The movies they make for each other don't make any money because nobody watches them. The movies they make for the audiences make money and fund the movies they make for each other. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. I know you are. I mean, I know this, you this are. This goes back. I mean, you can you go back into the the '90s and be in backwards. Best picture, mm-hmm. best actor. These were people you had heard of from movies you had seen. Yeah. Movies that a lot of people had seen. Now, not so much. Yeah. And this becomes the breakdown because the culture at large looks at the movie and says, I want to be told a good story mm-hmm. and I want to be entertained. Yes, yeah. If you're not telling me a good story and I'm not being entertained, I don't care how well it's done. It's yeah. not Scottish. The artistic effort 
Or and the, for those of you that have no idea what yeah. that statement means, if it's not Scottish, <laughs> Scottish it's crap. crap. Yeah. So, yeah, the artistic measures that you went through for the angles of the shots and all this to collect the light. I don't care. I, it doesn't, I mean, okay, yeah, in that one scene, you worked really hard, and it was really pretty for that split second, and it was perfect. But if the whole movie itself just doesn't appeal to me, is uh, sorry, that one aspect, yeah, you can clap yourself on the back because you got the shot that you were looking for. Mm -hmm. Be proud of that moment. Go ahead. You did it good. But, um, you know, you can't have the whole, if it's just not there, it's just not there. Yeah. And this becomes a breakdown. Now, this is a completely subjective place oh, that, we're, yeah. that we're living in right now. Yeah. And as this conversation, I mean. Yes. We're talking yes. about art and yes. cinema. The eye of the beholder. And storytelling. All on the individual and your this life experiences. This is entirely subjective. Yeah. But the subjective stance that you take still matters. Mm -hmm. If you think the purpose of the medium is to do it beautifully and to do it well, you will come away with one take. If you think it's to be compelling and entertaining, you'll come at it a different way. Yes. But you need to define what that is going in. And that's why I said, I think Russell Crowe can be right in this, that it's a beautifully made film mm -hmm. and your attention span is too short. Those two things are true. But my attention span isn't too short because I found the movie boring. My attention span is too short because I spent too much time online. I spent too much time watching the news. I, I spent too much time moving from one thing to another. I have ADHD. And if you can't tell by how quickly I talk, then, you know, <laughs> God help yes, you. Yes, yes, you do. But yeah. at the same token, I could admit everything you just said is right about the film. It's beautifully made. You mm -hmm. told the story I still faithfully. still not like it. And I can still think it's boring because I wasn't entertained because that's why I went to the film. I mean, I can make... It's the same thing in anything. I mean, even in baking, I can put all the freshest ingredients of everything, but I mix it all up and bake it and I cut it and you don't like German chocolate cake and you take a bite out of it and you can't stand it, even though I use the best of every ingredient. Well, I mean, I, I think you could, I think the best example the same for concept. this is green bean casserole. Okay. Green bean casserole. I don't care if you use the freshest green beans and you cream the <laughs> mushrooms yourself with the with the cream you got you out of the milk that morning, no. and you know you fried your own onions until they were crispy and battered, and and you did all of that from scratch. At the end of the day, it is still a wretched green bean casserole. It is well made. Like it. Yeah. it is compellingly done. Exactly. I probably actually enjoy watching you put it together. But oh, I'm not yeah. eating that. Because yeah. it's wretched and it's horrendous. <laughs> you don't like it. And you... that is Master and Commander in my world. Yes, now, I agree. This is the primer conversation. You ready? All right. <laughs> oh, no. I hate when you do that. Okay. Joe Biden. Yes. Has nominated an assistant. Was it the deputy health director or the assistant deputy health director or the deputy health assistant? Anyway, okay. it's one of the health director peoples. It's oh, the shoot, assistant health director peoples. Uh-huh. Yes. Not not the prime, but one of the underlings. One but of the it, assistants. It's, okay. it's still a name job that you get appointed to and you pat yourself on the back because you get you a name. business card. Yes. Okay, gotcha. The person who is nominated to this post is Rachel Levine. Uh, have you told me the post yet? I it's the assistant Dir okay, so health, director health director or something. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay. It's it's like the Surgeon General's office for public policy type of thing or something like that. So gotcha. Rachel Levine is now occupying this post. Okay. All right. That name doesn't mean anything to you. Mm, but you other know, than Avril you Levine, know who Rachel Levine is. <laughs> I know Avril Levine, but not Rachel yeah, Levine. No, Different no relation. Spelled differently. I got gotcha. Okay. Rachel Levine uh -huh. is the director of public health for the state of Pennsylvania. Okay. Rachel Levine is a dude. So he's French? No. 
No. No. No. No. Dr. Rachel Levine. You have a picture? Yes, there it is. That's not a dude. That's a woman. No, that's a dude. Okay. Yes. I'm not kidding. I can't find it. it. Was it Richard, Roger, Robert, something like that? Okay, gotcha. I yeah. see. Okay, I see the problem. I see the issue. They, this individual is now in charge of the United States health policies. Yes. Which at means it is time them. for Christians to really reconsider going to Assistant doctors. Assistant <laughs> Secretary of Health at the Department of Health and Human Services. Okay. Yes. So Ooh. someone else, someone who needs health. Yes. Who ne- really does need to sit down and who needs the gospel, who needs the healer of all healing or healers, <laughs> Jesus himself, who did not. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yes, I can't find it. I can, for that the life of me, sad. I can't. Here's the best part. Uh-huh. Professor of Pediatrics and Psychology at Penn State. <laughs> this Okay, so we're taking the weak. So this is the person who's going to take these youngest of minds, the most feeble of minds, the most malleable of minds, and is going to now make them healthy by teaching them things that are not firmly grounded in anything, much less God's truth. Because, I mean, their own lifestyle is not even grounded. Oh, my goodness. I am so grateful my children are beyond that age. Yeah, I've honestly thought to myself, sadly, to admit this, but there are times, like, I look forward to the day of being a grandma when my daughter and my son (laughs) get married and have their own children. But at the same time, I want Jesus to come back before they do because the world that's coming up, I mean, I don't know, God could change the future. I mean, I ain't saying he ain't. Richard. God, God can make it all in the next four, five, six years. He can undo out everything that's going to be crazy going on. He can, he can fix it. I know he can, but I look at this and it's, there's, there's no there, there. They're not from, it's all quote unquote fluid. There's nothing to hold ground to. And they wonder why people are committing suicide. Why depression is so high. Now we're back to an objective footing. Because Rachel Levine was Richard Levine, married with two kids, divorced in 2013, became Rachel, and yeah. Oh, no. First rule, this is the reason why I'm not a huge fan of psychiatrists is most of them are probably the most broken mentally people I've ever met most of the time. Most yes. of the time. Most of the time. Don't throw any things at me. I, I agree. Um, the but, ones that I have talked to that I know. Now, here's the thing. Out in, so, they, they have issues themselves. So Richard, Rachel, whatever, I don't care, grows his Dr. hair Levine. out. That I do care about. I, if you want to go by Rachel, I don't care if you want to go by whatever, but grows his hair out. Okay. Takes some hormones. Does that make him a woman? No. No. Why not? See, this is the important question. Why not? Because God did not birth that individual into this world as a man or as a woman. It was, um, it was, he's a boy. Now, here's where it gets fun. But he feels like a girl. He's yeah, so Shania, Shania Twain. Twain. I mean, <laughs> man, I feel like a woman. Everybody in the 90s sang that song. Every male sang that song. Why? Because <laughs> it was hilarious. But <sighs> now, here's why I ask this question. Here's why these stories go together. You ready? Okay. We actually have three stories that sort of go together, and it's important. This is the world. Like, you like Master and Commander, and I don't. You think it's well-made, and I don't. And you think it's compelling and exciting, and I don't. And he thinks he's Rachel, and you don't. It's okay. 
No, art is art. One, he's not art. He was developed by the creator. He is an individual. He's a person. He has grounding and standing. The the other is when you look at art, you're coming from a person's perspective, what they grew up with, their background, what they know of their opinions. It fluctuates because your opinions change. You find new facts, not other opinions. You hear other facts. You see other evidence yourself of the world around you. And therefore, through wisdom, you your opinions will change as you get older. But there's a difference between opinion and biological reality. Yes, it's- and that's what I'm saying. Who you are biologically is not an opinion. It's not like you look back over your life going, well, I liked pink trucks, so I must be a guy or must be a girl when you're a dude or whatever. And... Therefore, through experience, I've learned that. And I cry at movies. You know, I'm a, a boy, but I cry at movies, so that must make me a girl through experience. No, that this is not something that's full. You're still, this is, no. So, here's the question. So, if we disagree on the compelling entertainability of Master and Commander, can we still be friends? Can yeah. we still stand on the same worldview? I can. Yes. Whether or not he can, no. I don't know, but I can, yeah. Hang on. We don't have to like the same Excuse movies. <laughs> if we do not agree that Dr. Richard Levine can become Rachel Levine and be go from a he to a she, are we still standing on the same rational footing? No. No, and see, this is where the divide in the world is, is we are conflating. There's a concept in logic called equivocation, uh-huh. where you take the meaning of a word or a concept and you, you change its meaning, yes. and it's a logical fallacy because what ends up happening is you... You change the meaning midstream or mid-argument or mid-conversation or whatever, and then you're using the same word with a different meaning, but the person listening to you or debating with you is using the word on its original meaning. Yes. When we talk about opinion and we talk about biology and we talk about feelings, you cannot apply that to reality. Mm-hmm. I can feel like this movie is crud while you feel like it's amazing. And we can still be friends because we can still stand on the same logical footing. It was still a movie. We are, we are interpreting art it. through the lens that we brought to it. Yes. As long as I'm, internally, con- as long as I'm internally consistent with what I'm saying and how I'm viewing it, nothing has changed. Yeah. But when I try to change the way I view reality to suit my feelings, that becomes mm-hmm. different. So yeah. apply this to the Master and Commander example. You can't look at it and say, that's boring. It's not a movie. No, it's still a movie. It's still a movie. It's still a movie. You may think it's boring. You may not like it, but it's still a movie. Yeah, I can't go. No, it was was just just a bad book on TV. That would be pulling the rug logically out from underneath you. Same thing here. Christian, don't accept this. Mm -mm. Call him Rachel. Notice what I said, though. Call him Rachel. Like I said, I don't care if you want to be called Rachel or Buddha or... You know, cement truck. I don't care. Names can be changed. But you are what you are, and no amount of nip, tuck, lift, hormone, or snipping is going to change that. You see the look I just got on (laughs) snipping. Sorry. When in that end of bowling came that on the steer. That was last week. (laughs) Exactly. We're (laughs) still... Wow. (laughs) Oh, yes. We we went there, and we will always go there, because that's just what we do. Oh, my goodness. 
But understand and be a, and this is where it becomes dangerous because this is where the world is gonna fight you. And they go, Well, you're denying their truth. No, 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 no. I'm standing in the truth. Uh-huh. There is no my truth, your truth. There is truth and there is lie. And if we are willing to enter into the culture of ideas and we're willing to talk to the world about these things, we have to be willing to say no. Yes, exactly. We can disagree we about the opinion of the movie. We can't disagree about the reality of how God has made you and what he has made you. And that's why I said I laugh when I say he's a professor of psychiatry and pediatrics. One, how do you put those two things together? That's just, but anyway. Infancy and two, so you're in charge of, you're a psychiatrist for other people while at the same time, you need psychiatric help. You're now going to tell other people how to be healthy when you yourself are ill. That, to me, sounds like somebody who got tired of being told they were wrong, this isn't right, and he decided that, you know what, I feel good doing what I want to do, so I'm going to tell other people that they can feel good doing what they want to do, too. (laughs) And therefore, I'll go into this, that's what it sounds like, don't tell me how to live. But you don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. But a lot of times... This is good good because, time out, Christian, because this is the point. Get Cameron's first blush and then tackle yourself and go, I agree, wait, you shouldn't. And here's why. As Christians, when we deal with the world, I have to be very, very careful to not ascribe motivations that I am unaware of. And to not deal in the motivations if I don't know what they are. That's why I laugh when I say psychiatrists and psychologists are some of the most mentally broken people I know. Most of the time, the people that I know that got into that field got into that field because they're dealing with their own trauma and issues. And they decided they needed to overcome them themselves. And now they're trying to deal with others. Sometimes that's altruistic Mm -hmm. and that's noble and good. Sometimes it's just broken because they don't know what else to do with themselves. I don't know, and mm. unless I, until I find out and know for certain, I don't deal with that. Yeah. You, what you may have described is absolutely right. You know who doesn't know? I don't. Us. You're right. I don't. Therefore, that's wrong of you to do. I do. It's not. It's human nature. I'm not going to yeah. fuss at you about that. The danger becomes is, is if you go down that road, I'm no longer standing on truth, truth. Yeah. and I'm no longer having the objective, solid ground argument. And this is what happens every time. I'm guilty of it, you're guilty of it, we're all guilty of it when we enter into the public square, is we get caught up in where we are, how we feel, and what we're doing, and we lose the footing of what we're arguing about. We get it bogged down in the details, and we lose the big picture that we're trying to talk about and function with. You're right, I do. I I don't care how you got here. Where here is, is is broken and busted and flies in the face of how God made you, me, this place, and the laws that he has laid down for how this is supposed to function. Well, who gets to make those laws? Ah, see, he does because he's the designer and the sustainer and the judge. He gets to do this. He always want to get back to the big picture. We can argue about the details when we've got you on the other side of the redemptive work. We can argue about the how and the why when we're actually on the King's Highway traveling to the Celestial City. I don't care how we got there when we're in the slew of despond. And if you don't know your Pilgrim's Progress, read Pilgrim's Progress. It will do you good. It's a great book. But when you're drowning in the swamp with the pack on your back, with the burden of your sin, I don't care how we got here. Let's get to the wicked wicker gate and let's get saved. And then we'll worry about the how and the why and what we do about it. That's the point I'm making. See, this is why why these conversations are good. Test yourself. Think through it. Go, go through all the emotional reactions, but when it comes time to enter into the public square, do so standing on the foundation of truth, mm-hmm. applying scripture, and dealing with the big things. Attack those, undermine the wrong worldview, and then supplement it with the gospel foundation. Build upon the rock. Yes. 
Don't attack yeah. the ramparts. They're irrelevant. Excuse me. <clears throat> they don't do anything. Uproot their foundation. Destroy the argument at its core. And then you're back to first principles, which is what we want to be talking about. Yeah, you're right. Now, I got to warn you for this third story. Oh, okay. Because I'm going to read this. Do not say the word that will immediately come to your mind. Okay. Because I already know what it is. All right. And I don't want you to say it because then the people will be mad at us. All right. All right. The incoming Congress, Mm -hmm. not the new members, the totality of the Congress, 435 members of the House, 100 senators, 535 representatives of the people. Gotcha. Of those 535 people, 88% of them claim to be Christian. See, now you know why I told you not to say it. Because <laughs> we all know the word you thought. Because the first time I read this, I said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it and said it and went, ooh, I better warn Cameron because we're going to talk about this one. It'll be worthwhile. Well, actually, the, the first word that came to mind was, yeah, right. Uh-huh. And, and, but, and, but yeah, that one, that one was very quickly <laughs> to follow. It's like, yeah, right. That's, yep, yeah, yep. Don't I'm step in stop. it. That's yeah, it. I'm just going to stop right there. <laughs> now, yeah. now, this is why I say all of these go together. Mm-hmm. Why do you have that reaction? Because I see what they vote for and what they agree to and what they push for and how they're living in Cong- living in D.C. and in Congress and in whatnot and their actions, their words, their what they're doing is not does not comply compel you mean with we being can judge Christians. them by their fruit. That's what Jesus says to do because I too will be judged by my fruit. Therefore, see, yes, I mean the reason why I say this this goes together is because the argument then becomes well, but they claim it, so it must be true. Name it, claim it doesn't work. Not even in that. No. See, this is again why this matters. Who gets to define what a Christian is? God does, because Christ. His son, a follower of Christ, is a Christian. So, so what happens? He if created you, it. So, but does that mean you're not a Christian if you name the name of Christ and then walk your own way? No, because <laughs> you can name the name of Jesus all you want. You still have to follow and obey Him in order to be considered one of His. By the way, I this mean, would be your Luke six and your Romans six. You know, your Luke six starting or ending out with "Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say?" Romans 6, you know, how can we, can we claim to be Christians and still walk in sin so that grace may abound? Mm-hmm. May it never be. Lou and I have talked about this numerous times. Go back and listen to the podcast with Lou. It'll do you good. And you'll hear all of this stuff. But the point of this matter is, again, who gets to define the rules of reality? God does. Is something like whether or not I'm a Christian, is that something based on my feelings? No, no, See? no, it is not. And I have been through a terrible time in my own personal life and spiritual life of having to deal with that and having to realize that God's promises are promises. They're not feelings. They're promises. They're truth. What he says is truth. It is not feelings. I mean, feelings. No, nothing, nothing more. more. That's all they are. Your feelings will lie to you in a heartbeat. Yes. And no, you cannot. So how do I know I'm that. walking faithfully in Christ? I have to look at my life and look at what it was like yesterday and the day before yesterday and see if I, yeah, did I do what God said? And, and the next argument, the last argument I had with you, did I argue or did I 
did I handle myself in the argument the way a Christian would, a godly woman would, or did I act as someone of the world who has to have her own way compared to last year when we had arguments? I mean, every little thing. This is where these things, this is where these ideas come full circle. When we're talking about a movie, we're talking about the realm of the subjective. Uh I can have an opinion, they can differ, and we can deal with it. Yeah. When we're talking about biology and the creation of people, we are talking about something rooted in the work of God. Yes. We don't get to change it. No. We may be able to alter its appearance. We may be able to fight mm-hmm. against the reality by taking hormone blockers or undergoing cosmetic surgery or things like that. Mm-hmm. But we can't change the core of that reality. Mm-hmm. We can dress it up, but we can't yeah. change it. Yeah. Now, when it comes to this one, we are not dealing with the core of God's creative work. We are dealing with the, crea- with the core of God. His very being. The gospel is an outflowing of the character and the nature of God. The work of Christ is the work of God. It is the point of humanity. It is the point of the incarnation. It is the point of everything that he has done. To name the name of Christ is to walk faithfully in the kingdom, eschewing the brokenness of the world. Yes. So when you claim the name of Christ and walk in the brokenness of the world, like the majority of this 88%, which I need to do that math. So when you do that, what you are saying is, I can define these things. <coughs> so 470 members, 471 members of Congress claim to be Christians. See, I, I laugh at that. I mm-hmm. laugh at that. Because if 470 members of Congress were actually Christians, we wouldn't be getting the policies. That we're no, we no, we would not. The, Ah, my microphone was killed. Four, <laughs> 470 members of Congress are not Christians. Because if 470 members of Congress were Christians, we wouldn't be getting the policies that we're getting. We no. wouldn't be getting the gridlock that we're getting. We no. wouldn't be having the worldview coming out of Washington that we're getting. No. We wouldn't be getting any of the things that we're getting because this is not how Christians live and work. No, it's this not. This isn't how they talk to each other. This isn't how they love one another. Not at this all. isn't how they govern. This isn't how they do anything. No, this so is no. what you're saying is I get to define if I'm a Christian. I get to define if I'm a man or a woman. I get to define whether or not I like this movie or whether or not this movie is any good. One of these things is not, not like, the, like other. the other. And we just covered what the differences between these three things are. See, this is again, though, when you see something like that, when you have your representative claim to be a Christian, mm-hmm. not good enough. No, just because you claim you are, just because you have a church that you're affiliated with. Once upon a time, I mean... Once upon a time, seriously, there were less, there were fewer people, church members, but the churches were packed because people, you may not have been a member of the church, but you still went to church because it's, it meant something to the society, to society as a whole yes. was looking at it. And I, and I'm glad now, those days are gone. I am too. I am too. Now it's, if you, you claim it. You better act like it. And, see, the, and this is why you, I, that, that's why I say I'm glad those days are gone because it yeah. was easier to hide then. Yes, it was. Now 40, it's not. 50, 70 years ago, 88% can say they're Christian, and we all go, well, yeah. Now we go, no. This is This is the benefit of secularization in the world. Mm-hmm. Not that it's better for the world, but it's better for the church in that the lie of the culture is being revealed. The hearts of the individuals are being shown. And mm-hmm. who's really in the kingdom walking the road with you is being revealed to you day by day. Yes. Do not let them get away with claiming it and not living. That starts with don't let you get away with claiming and not living. Don't yeah. let you get away with inconsistencies. Fight 
every single day to walk in the truth. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling in that I don't desire any of this sin to to dwell in me. I don't desire any of it to hold up. I want it all gone. Not some of it, all of it. And when I find it, I kill it. Does that make me a hypocrite? No. No. That makes me a Christian. The hypocrite is the one who sees his sin and goes, oh, that's fine. I can stay there. No. That's the person who is saying one thing and doing another. That's the the 88%. Yeah. See, the question that needs to get asked is, well, 88% of them claim to be Christian. By what standard? Yeah, by what standard? Define a Christian. Because we have too often allowed what defines a Christian to be the bare bones. What I've railed Mm -hmm. against before, you can go back and look through last year. I did a heretics episode on mere Christianity. When we distill the Christian walk down to its bare minimum qualifications, we cheapen the gospel. Yes, we do. We cheapen our walk and we cheapen the work of God and we undermine our witness and work in this world. Mm -hmm. I don't define it by I walked an aisle, I prayed a prayer, they held me under the water and now I'm clean. I define it by my daily life. How Mm -hmm. do I love my wife? How do I lead my family? How do I involve myself in the work of the church? How do I make disciples? How do I do all of these things? How do I function at work? How do I function in traffic? How do I function at the airport? How do I do all of these things are outworkings of Christian faith. They are not ancillary to my faith. They are definitional Mm -hmm. because who I am is defined by how I walk in Christ. 88% of Congress doesn't believe that. No. Because if they did, they would be different. Much different. It really would be. And And what we need to be doing is less aligned with parties, uh-huh. less aligned with fans, and more aligned with the gospel saying, no. You yeah. say this, but you do that. No. You're my, rep- you're my yes. representative in my area, and you claim to be a Christian. And yes, this I is, get to say that. Yeah. Because your faith is not a matter of whether or not you like a movie. No. It's not a matter of whether or not you can put lipstick on a pig or put makeup and hormones on a dude and say he's a chick. It's not a matter of any of those things. It is definitional to who God is and how we follow him. Die on this hill. War on this hill. Because if we don't demand this of ourselves Hmm. and we don't demand this of our church members, we have no ground to demand it of public servants. No, you're right. And this is how discipleship works. I work on me. I work on my church. I work on my community. And if we all do this, this 88% number will take care of itself. Because what will happen is they won't all get on board. But that number will come down to the real number because the majority of that 88% will go, that's not who I am. Yeah. And the majority of the church will go, that's not who we are. So you need to name another name. I don't Mm -hmm. care what name you pick, but you got to find another one. So. Yeah. Questions. Anything lighthearted to talk about? No. What would be the fun (laughs) of that? Look. Look on the bright side. Look, it could have been worse. There were no testicles in this show. Oh, wait. (laughs) 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 Snip, snip. I was about to say, wait See, there you go. All right, so we better we better <laughs> land this plane. So what have we learned today, children? Art Ooh. is subjective. Yes. But how you approach it still matters. Yes. Creation is objective and always matters. Yes. And our standards are laid down by God and God alone. Yes. And so, do not make the, the same mistakes that we all tend to do as humans, and that is to apply motive. Yes. yes. Now, you may watch something that shows someone saying that. Okay, you watch the documentary because I have seen documentaries, but truth. truth. Yeah. Walk in the things that you know and not the things that you believe or the things that may be. Because this is the beauty of the gospel. You know the truth. Mm -hmm. You are walking in the truth of the gospel. Therefore, I can rest there. So when I stand on the words of scripture and I stand on the gospel, I'm standing on Truth. truth. 
Exactly. So, and when you right. mess up, repent and go again. Until we meet again, scour the world if you have a story and you want to send it to us to get our Hermit Cameron's reaction. <laughs> uh, email that, info at practicaltheologyministries.com. If you go to the website, practicaltheologyministries.com, you can find our Facebook, Twitter information. You can get our Bible study. The, uh, the Bible reading plan will take you through the Bible in a whole year. Still time to get that going. You can right. read the, uh, the little notes on it, so we'll keep you caught up if you don't understand it. You can ask some questions. If you have any questions, send those again. Info at practicaltheologyministries.com. Link to church where you can get past sermons. You can worship yeah, with us, follow along. Um, you can also find links to the book, Sermon on the Mount, a practical look at the greatest sermon ever preached. Uh, if you buy it, we appreciate it. Thank you in advance. Leave it a good review. Like I said, I'm getting a whole rich on it. I think I got. I think we're gonna make like ten bucks on it. It's gonna, oh, okay. it's gonna be good. We're gonna hit double digits. Yay! <laughs> so, find all that good stuff. If you have any questions, send them on in. And until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye.